Welcome to the most spectacular, the most astounding, the most stupendous live event in entertainment. This is surreal. I have got chills. This place is electrifying. It's rare that the sequel is as good as the original. Tonight could be one of those rare moments. There's only one way to find out. Let's run it back. Run back the passion, the pageantry, the power, and all things stupendous. You gotta run that back. This is my world now. Sequel pro tip, keep them guessing. New good guys. New not so good guys. A whole bunch of new action. And the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Winner, take all. Championship unification. Ooh. There's zero chance that that felt good. Uh, that's a wrap on the previews. The real show is about to start. And remember, this sequel is not edge of your seat. It is out of your seat. This is what it's all about. The moment. The emotion. I'm not crying. You're crying. Welcome back to the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Welcome to WrestleMania Sunday. Welcome back to part two of the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend. I am the main event player, the Super Seeker himself, Roman Torres, coming back at you, the God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth. So, on part one, we talked about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, we talked about NXT Stand and Deliver, and we talked about several of the wrestling events that took place around WrestleMania weekend. And then part two, we discussed all the matches that took place at WrestleMania night one, from the, from the unveiling of Cody Rhodes taking on Seth Rollins, to Bianca Belair winning her first championship, her, well, her second championship at WrestleMania, if you want to be brief, against... Becky Lynch to the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Charlotte and Ronda Rousey and to Stone Cold Steve Austin opening up one last can of whoop-ass on Kevin Owens. And it was a spectacular night one. It was great. It was everything that you ever expected and more. But 
Will night two live up to the hype? Will night two live up to everything it ever was? Well, you'll find out on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast because we're going to unveil a lot that have taken place at night two, including the ridiculous anything goes match between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. A great match with Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Edge versus AJ Styles. And then, of course, the winner-take-all match. Brock Lesnar defending the WWF Championship, or the WWE Championship, I'm sorry, taking on the longest-reigning Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, who is defending the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Winner-take-all. Who walks out with both championships that night? Well, you're about to find out. Those of you probably already know what it is. But you'll hear my take on everything and much, much more. So how WrestleMania start off? Well, obviously, they did the whole America the Beautiful thing, which was pretty cool. But then they started off with something very special, something awesome, something that took place, something that, you know, we've been wondering if this individual was going to show up, and he did. He came over, he brought his boots over, and laid it down in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. And I'm talking about the man who had retired just a few days ago, the cerebral assassin, the King of Kings, Triple H, made his appearance at WrestleMania, and it was a good way to start off WrestleMania Night 2.
moment to enjoy, to soak in, to feel the atmosphere that is the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. I just wanted to come out here to say thank you. And to show you my love in the best way I know how. So the first match to start off for the night was um, was a triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Now, night one began with a tag team championship match, so it's only appropriate that the Raw Tag Team titles would start everything off as RK Bro defended their tag team titles against the Street Profits and um, Alpha Academy. Um, great, great match, great match. I thought this was a show stealer uh, in many ways possible. I, I love how the match went down. Uh, Matt Riddle did an incredible RK bro from the very top rope. It it was in, it was incredible, and the match was uh, pretty good. High flying Montez Ford was being Montez Ford in every way possible. Love what he did, you know. At the end, there was a reason why uh, RK bro. I mean, it was good that they walked away tag team champions because. At first, you would think that um, you would think that Alpha Academy would have walked away with the tag team titles, but in reality, I think it needed to be RK Bro. I think it needed to be them. It needed to happen, and then, you know, right as the match was over, 
RK Bro walked away with the tag team championships, and then all of a sudden, you know, Street Profits came in to congratulate, you know, because it's WrestleMania, and then they brought in Gabe Stevenson, Gable Gable Stevenson, you know, Olympic gold medalist winner, walks in, you know, does what he does and everything, and then before you know it, um, it looks like they were about to toast to WrestleMania, and then all of a sudden, you know, Chad Gable didn't want any of that, and it was Olympian. Versus Olympian face to face, one another, and then Gable Stevenson kind of gave us a sample of what we're going to expect from him uh, very very soon because as we know he's part of the Raw roster now. Uh, I feel that he's still he still needs to be part of um, he still needs to be properly polished and everything. But it all depends on how how confident they're going to rely on him when he walks into the main stage on Monday Night Raw. So. Um, we'll see what happens. I think Gable Stevenson did extremely well with that, uh, with that move. Uh, he did a belly-to-belly suplex on Chad Gable. And, uh, that was it. So he kind of laid a, laid a sample out for everyone to watch out for. And then after that, um, you know, they went ahead and toasted to WrestleMania and that was it. So it was a good way to start off WrestleMania with the tag team titles, uh, RK-Bro retaining the tag team championship at WrestleMania. So Randy Orton walks in at he's walked into WrestleMania many times with a championship, whether it was the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship or the WWE Championship or the World Heavyweight Title. You know, either way possible. Now he walks in and out with the Raw Tag Team Championship with his partner Riddle. So big congratulations go out to RK Bro for winning the Raw Tag Team Titles, retaining the Raw Tag Team titles at WrestleMania. And um, it was good. It was a good way to start off WrestleMania. Hey, bro, congratulations. Continuing your success here as a tag team, retaining the Raw Tag Team Championship tonight at WrestleMania 38 here in Dallas, celebrating in the ring with the Street Profits, your opponents. Talk to me how you keep the success going together. Well, you know what? I think it's just it's the relationship that we have formed with each other. I, I know he's got my back. He knows that I've got his back. I think that's what it it, it, it basically boils down to that. Boils down to that, and not only that, I feel like Randy teaches me something new every single day, and I try to teach you something new, but did you see that RKO off the top rope, dude? Brother, and then you hit Gable. You needed, you needed your WrestleMania moment. Now, I know this wasn't your first WrestleMania, but you needed a WrestleMania moment, man. I, you did something I could never do with the RKO, and that's a springboard off the top rope. I didn't even and think so, I could do it. Brother, brother, that was sick. That was sick. And then, you know, I followed it up with a little, you know, float over. Oh, that was check. good. Hey, hey. so crispy, dude. Nobody's better than us. We are the best tag team champions that the WWE has ever seen. As a matter of fact, I think we're the best champions that the WWE has ever seen. I mean, the sky's the limit, man. The sky's the limit. There's some more titles around here running around somewhere. We will grab some more titles when the time comes. For now, we've got a little celebrating to do. What do you think we should get into tonight? You know what? We squashed the beef with the street profits, so I think uh, we want the smoke. Smoke sounds good. Smoke sounds good. I'll follow you. Let's Go do it. Enjoy the celebration. Thanks, Congratulations. Sarah. Thank you. See ya. Gable Steveson, Olympic gold medalist, two-time NCAA champion, here tonight at WrestleMania 38. I'm sure you felt the electricity of the WWE Universe. What was it like out there? Dream come true, you know. Hard to describe the emotions that you get from 
coming from amateur wrestling, collegiate wrestling, Olympic style, to come into 70,000 people, you don't get that. You get that with WWE, though. But let's talk about it. You thought you were just going to be ringside, but you got in the ring. What was what was it like to get in the ring with the RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions, and Street Profits, and then to have Chad Gable, a fellow Olympic athlete, step up to you? Heart rushing. You know, I'm sitting on the sideline, and I'm like, am I going to get called in? Am I not? I have no clue. I don't even know what I'm doing. So I go in there. Chad gets me to look, and you know what I got to do? I got to throw him. And I got to celebrate with my team, RK Bro. And uh, um, Street Profits, too. But at the end of the day, we love the show. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yep. it. Have a great one. If there was any match that would be considered a bit terrible, it would probably be Bobby Lashley versus uh, Omos. Now, I-, I think I mentioned this on... Um, I think it was last week when I talked about how this match could be. Uh, um the only way this would be good or any better is if Bobby Lashley were to win. If Omos were to win, it would be extremely terrible. Because Omos is still a green individual, even though he's been around for about a year. Actually, he's been around for a whole lot longer than a year. He still hasn't proven anything yet. You know, so he has his match. You know, it seemed like it worked out perfectly and everything possible. Uh, but the match was what, maybe ten, maybe less than ten minutes, I think, during the match. So it was good that Bobby Lashley won the match. It was, but if this were to end up Omos winning, it would it would have dire consequences. But the only way, the only way that would happen is if there were to be a turn, a turn being the fact that MVP would come around and say, save the day in that particular nature, and it would fully do, do the heel turn. Because, you know, <clears throat> I think I had mentioned this in a previous podcast a while back, it would be great to have Omos with uh, Bobby Lashley, or Omos with uh, MVP, I'm sorry, uh, as the new manager to kind of not only take over the businesses, but also kind of give an idea of what will happen next, you know? So... Whatever happens next between these two, I'm just hoping we've seen the last of these two, but as the old expression goes, to be continued. Bobby Lashley, congratulations on your victory tonight at WrestleMania 38 against Omos. Now, after weeks out of action, you came back to challenge Omos, who's been undefeated since last year's WrestleMania. Do you feel like tonight you proved once again why you are the Almighty? Sir, to be honest with you, man, I'm, just, I'm living the dream. <laughs> it's like a dream that I haven't woke up from, and it's been years, years, years of doing this, and then just coming back now. I mean, taking on somebody like Omos, the giant. You know, the the, the beats keep getting bigger. My heart keeps getting bigger. My mind, my energy, my my adrenaline, everything keeps getting bigger. I don't even know what to say right now. But it, I'm living a dream, and I don't want to wake up from this. I just want to keep going. I have. I said I'm coming back for a reason to win titles, win world championships. Um, Make it to the Hall of Fame eventually, do everything, and I think that right now I'm just right in path to do it all. And, um, blessings, um, I don't even know, I'm, I'm living a dream, that's all I can say. Congratulations, enjoy it. It's so much more to go. Thank you. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania Anything Goes match. <laughs> this one was just like, what? What do you do at this point, you know? 
So I, I must have seen this match about, man, maybe three or four times. You know, just kind of get the idea of exact. I mean, I had this feeling about how the match would be. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much you. You got Sami Zayn, who is a professional wrestler and who knows how to, you know, inflict pain and do all sorts of stuff in the ring. He's a professional and knows what's up. Johnny Knoxville is a professional jackass. Let's call it like we see it. He is someone that, you know, if you were, if Johnny Knoxville ever were to appear in ECW years and years ago, they could take extreme to a whole new level. You know what I mean? And I mean a whole new level. You know what I'm saying? Well, w- without the blood and guts, if you know what I'm talking about. But this match was just insane. I mean, there were mousetraps involved. Even a giant fucking mousetrap in the match. Uh, you had a party boy who was involved in the matchup. You had tasers involved in the match. You had a horn involved in the match. Even Wee Man was involved in the match. You know, several of the crew members of Jackass were right there. You had a giant hand. A giant hand involved in the fucking match. You know? Johnny managed to, you know, lit the pyro up in every way possible. And it was just in fucking insane. I mean, and, and the first thing that came to my head watching this match, you know, you know, the first thing that came to my head when I when I was thinking about this match, right? First thing that came to my head was somewhere, somewhere there's going to be a wrestling promotion doing exactly the same fucking thing that happened at WrestleMania. You know, the only thing, the only thing that was kind of satisfying to me, because there was no mousetrap, there, mousetraps involved, I'm sorry, there were no thumbtacks involved in this whole issue. That was probably the only issue I had with this match. I mean, obviously, I know, I know Sami Zayn was going to lose the match, obviously. Now, could you imagine, and, and we had thought about this months ago, but I'm glad that Sami Zayn you know, did not put the Intercontinental Championship, but could you imagine what would have happened if Sami Zayn would have put his Intercontinental Championship on the line at WrestleMania and he would have somehow lost it to Johnny Knoxville? You fucking kidding me? Would have been nuts. I would have been like, dude, come on now. This is ridiculous. This is insane. You can't let this shit happen. No, you can't. Stupid. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville... At WrestleMania, anything goes match. <laughs> this one was just like, what? What do you do at this point? You know. So I, I must have seen this match about, man, maybe three or four times. You know, just kind of get the idea of exact. I mean, I had this feeling about how the match would be. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much you. You got Sami Zayn, who is a professional wrestler and who knows how to, you know, inflict pain and do all sorts of stuff in the ring. He's a professional and knows what's up. Johnny Knoxville is a professional jackass. Let's call it like we see it. He is someone that you know. If you were, if Johnny Knoxville ever were to appear in ECW years and years ago. They could take extreme to a whole new level. You know what I mean? And I mean a whole new level. You know what I'm saying? Well, w- without the blood and guts, if you know what I'm talking about. But this match was just insane. I mean, there were mousetraps involved. Even a giant fucking mousetrap in the match. 
Uh, you had uh, Hardy Boy who was involved in the matchup. You had Tasers involved in the match. You had a Horn involved in the match. Even Wee Man was involved in the match. You know, several of the crew members of Jackass were right there. You had a giant hand. A giant hand involved in the fucking match. You know? Johnny managed to, you know, lit the pyro up in every way possible. And it was just in fucking insane. I mean, and, and the first thing that came to my head watching this match... You know, you know the first thing that came to my head when I when I was thinking about this match, right? First thing that came to my head was somewhere, somewhere there's going to be a wrestling promotion doing exactly the same fucking thing that happened at WrestleMania. You know, the only thing, the only thing that was kind of satisfying to me because there was no mousetrap, there mousetraps involved. I'm sorry, there were no thumbtacks involved in this whole issue. That's probably the only issue I had with this match. I mean, obviously, I know, I know Sami Zayn was going to lose the match, obviously. Now, could you imagine? And, and we had thought about this months ago, but I'm glad that Sami Zayn, you know, did not put the Intercontinental Championship. But could you imagine what would have happened if Sami Zayn would have put his Intercontinental Championship on the line at WrestleMania and he would have somehow lost it to Johnny Knoxville? You fucking kidding me? Would have been nuts. I would have been like, dude, come on now. This is ridiculous. This is insane. You can't let this shit happen. No, you can't. Stupid. The fatal four-way match for the women's tag team championship match. Uh, it was an incredible. It was an incredible match. It was pretty good. Um, I wasn't sure exactly how this was going to go down. I mean, my my thought was was the fact that. Obviously, we weren't going to be able to see Carmella and Zelina retain the championship. So, if they're not going to walk away with the championships, who will? So, let's look at one side. You got Zelina, you got um, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. Ripley, who has been champion before, who's walked away with championship gold at last year's WrestleMania. It would be great to see her walking away with the championship along with Liv Morgan, who also deserves an opportunity at the championship. So this would be, it would be incredible for them. Now on the other side of the, t- uh, other side of the coin, you got Shayna Baszler and Natalia, who both have had uh, great success as tag team champions. Shayna Baszler being a former champion and Natalia being a former champion. So the two put together as a team would work, would work perfectly. And then you got Naomi and Sasha Banks. The only key that I see to this whole thing is Naomi has uh, has had wins in WrestleMania. I don't think she's ever been beaten that I that I can recall that I can't think of. Now Sasha, we know she's appeared in about maybe four or five WrestleManias, but have never lost until tonight or until that particular. WrestleMania, where I made the decision and I went ahead and I would either go with Rhea Ripley or Liv Morgan, or I would go ahead and go with um, Sasha Banks and Naomi. So it ended up going in that direction. And this would be, this would be the WrestleMania night two, where two individuals that have never lost, have never lost at WrestleMania would finally get a win would finally get a win at WrestleMania. 
So it was incredible to see how this went down. So yeah, Naomi and Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks finally getting a win at WrestleMania, uh, winning the women's championship once again for the, I believe she's now a three-time women's champion. And now for Naomi, this is the first time for her winning championship gold. And the only, the only championship that Naomi has not been able to get just yet is the Raw Women's Championship. But that could happen somewhere down the road. So it's good that this took place and it was uh extremely cool uh, i love how she uh i love how they came down in a neon green um neon green lamborghini it's only appropriate that the boss would come out in a lamborghini in a green lime green lamborghini if you know what i mean incredible match great it went down the right winners uh took it and that was it it was good congratulations go out to naomi and sasha banks for winning the Women's Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania. Sasha Banks, Naomi, congratulations. You've been saying it for weeks that you are the future WWE Tag Team Champions. We don't have to say future anymore because you are the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And Sasha Banks, this was your first win at WrestleMania. What was it like to be out there with Naomi and pick up the victory? Scooching. This, 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 this couldn't happen without you. I would not be here without Naomi. When I came here in WWE in 2015 and I came out on the main roster, people have no idea the struggles. Always push through. She, she and Tamina has always had my back. And tonight, holy whoa. I mean, I don't even know how to express how I feel because I'm just so overwhelmed. One, to reclaim these, these titles that did not exist five years ago because we wanted more. We demanded more and we have more. And now we're gonna create more opportunity for so many more women and I just can't wait. These mean so much to me. Now it's time to make these the most talked about titles in the WWE and we're about to bring it. You are the first black women to win the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. What does it feel like to make history? Oh my gosh, this has been a dream of mine ever since we got these titles. Um, to make history open doors and so that this becomes something we see more often and not a first. Um, there's still many more doors to knock open and knock down and we just continuing to blaze that trail that the women before us started and hoped to inspire more. We're excited. We're ready. We're ready to go. we always ready to work always. and we're ready to show why blowing golf. Always ready to show the best. Always. We're ready to show why we're the best. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you.
Edge versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania, I thought that this would be the match to truly steal the show for night two of WrestleMania. Because while on one side you had you had Seth Rollins who would take on Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania at night one, and that truly stole the show for that night. So I figured maybe AJ Styles versus Edge would be the perfect scenario, the, the, the perfect match for that one. You know, Edge, you know, AJ Styles coming out as only he can. And then you got um, AJ, well, I mentioned AJ comes out as only as he can. And then you got Edge who comes out in this whole different persona to himself, which is incredible to look at. You know, some people are comparing this to, you know, this whole dark side of Edge as if the, if it was the House of Black, right? But there's two different comparisons here when you think about it. Number one, I think Edge has got it right. And, and number two, I think he knows how to be an evil individual. And number three, when you think about it, Edge has experience in this dark matter, especially when he was a part of, quote-unquote, the Ministry of Darkness. Remember that. Remember that quite well. <clears throat> so, this match was good from head to toe. I love how it went down and everything. It would have been, a, I think the match should have been a whole lot better. But I think in, in a crazy way, I wasn't sure exactly how this finish was going to go down. My thought was, I think Edge should have won. Oh, I'm sorry, AJ should have won. But it ended up being Edge for a reason. There were rumors and speculations that Edge is going to be forming a faction in WWE. Out comes Damian Priest. Now, Damian Priest, who had been, who had lost the United States Championship to Finn Balor, and is in a different, I guess, different level or different capacity in some strange way. You know, this would be the the level that he's looking for. Now, I think Damian aligned with Edge is is perfect in so many ways. If this was a metal tribute band or if this was a metal compilation, these two would be the perfect uh, perfect people to, you know, become a part of. Because when you think about this, Edge, who is not only a tremendous professional wrestler, he's also a huge metalhead. He's also a huge metalhead in his own right. Damian Priest... Um, just him coming out to the music, just him coming out to the dark passageway, him being who he is, is is enough to make you believe exactly who he is. He's he's like he's like John Luna, the best drummer on the planet. If he was taller, had a deeper voice, and had his long hair back, he would be exactly like Damien Priest in many ways possible. So Edge would win the match, would beat AJ Styles. And then there would be this whole twisted um, collaboration between Damian Priest and Edge. You know, this we don't know exactly how far this is going to go, but it's going to lead to something special and it's going to lead to something that's going to be very unholy for WWE. Kind of, kind of the days of the, the Ministry of Darkness when you think about it. So... To some people that want to compare this to the Malachi Black and the House of Black and everything, there's really no comparison when you think about it. I mean, some people can say it is the same, but in reality, it's not. There, there's, 
There's a big difference in that, and trust me, people will see what it is. So Edge wins his first. Uh, this is actually, if I think about this extremely close, his second win of his comeback. His first win was at, uh, I think it was night two of WrestleMania 36. And now this is his second win on night two of WrestleMania defeating AJ Styles. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen between Damian Priest and Edge and see where these dark forces occur. This matchup was originally supposed to take place at WrestleMania night one. Um, this match should have, honestly, and, and, and I'll call like we see it, and I know some people will agree upon this when I say this match with Sheamus and Ridge Holland against Kofi and Xavier Woods, this match should have never have happened at all. Zero. Not a damn thing, you know? Because, look, and even though I'm glad that Sheamus and Ridge Holland won, which is what I predicted exactly, this match should have never been added. I mean, originally they were going to try and add Big E to the entire mix. But due to his neck injury, there's there's nothing they can do about it at this point. But I guess they went ahead and decided to add this match to WrestleMania anyway. The ma- the match was pretty much... It lasted over two minutes. Probably, probably a little bit more than two minutes. But man, it was... I mean... I mean, what, what, what do you say about the match? What do you say? Other than the fact that they were there, they won, and Butch comes in, attacks, and acts like a fucking dog. Butch the dog. That's what they've been calling him, you know? But there's really nothing to talk about in this match. I mean, they won it. It's done. They got the WrestleMania moment, and we move on. Famous Rich Holland Butch. It was clear that the New Day was trying to send a message to Big E out there, but... You couldn't even let them have that moment. (laughs) Meg, you just witnessed fight night at WrestleMania. The whole world just witnessed the same thing. And as for New Day, they picked this fight. They started this. Me and Ridgey here were just trying to make their ATV run a little bit faster. But guess what? They took that personally like they take everything else. And they got themselves a war that they could never, ever win. And not Roy Ridgey. It's fight night every night. I've had big dreams my whole life. From making it to the NFL, to having a talk show that the world watches. I've accomplished a lot of bucket list things in my 34 years on this glorious planet. Except for the thing that I've been dreaming about the longest. Long before I ever kicked a football, I dreamt of being a WWE superstar and being a part of the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. I watched every show, every week, and be wildly jealous of the ladies and dudes in this ring. And when I retired at the age of 29, I started training. Hi, my name's Pat McAfee. Ever since I was a child, all I wanted to do was become a wrestler. I was preparing myself for when the opportunity inevitably came. I'm Michael Cole. I have a new broadcast colleague. Please welcome Pat McAfee. I love every single moment. But there's something about chasing a dream 
I've been asking, like, is there any way I could potentially... I think I'm supposed to be in there. Like, I, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I've been preparing for this my entire life. I'd like to offer you an opportunity to actually wrestle at WrestleMania. Thank Great. you so much, man. Yeah. At WrestleMania 38, I get to live out a dream. He thinks he's going to walk in to WrestleMania and beat Austin Theory. The protege of Mr. McMahon. Theory continues to pluck out Pat McAfee week after week. Austin Theory is in the head of Pat McAfee. He's literally the most insufferable human being to walk this planet. And we have been forced to deal with it for far too long. Who the hell do you think you are? You want me to fire you? You want me to cancel your WrestleMania match? No, obviously. Austin Theory, I've been dreaming of being in the WWE. I've wrestled at WrestleMania in my mind millions of times. At WrestleMania, I get to live out a dream. Channeling your own pack 
me. If, if, if McAfee wins tonight, guess what? He'll join me as being undefeated. Oh, my God. Well, ladies and gentlemen, WrestleMania is presented by... So the next match would be Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Now, we all, we all are about to witness something that's about to take place. And we, we kind of know what was about to happen. We kind of know what, what's going to take place. But let's, let's kind of you know, follow the scenario here so that way everyone can understand exactly where I'm coming from with this. Now... Now, I have followed Pat McAfee's career for quite a while. I knew he was a football player from the moment I saw him. He had been a part of WWE for several years. He was a part of several of the NXT takeovers and everything. He had a match with Adam Cole several years ago. He did pretty well for himself. And he was also not just a former NFL football player. He was also, he was also a former wrestler. So he has some professional experience. Now, he wasn't exactly like, you know, overall professional, but when you're trained by uh, a legend by the name of Rip Rogers, hey, you're going to go places. And sure enough, Pat McAfee went places he had never been to before at WrestleMania. Now, to Austin Theory, he thinks that, oh, well, he's just a football player. He can't do a damn thing. Now, I have always said this in the past. Don't ever, under any circumstances, I don't give a damn who you are, don't ever underestimate a football player, especially when you're dealing with a real athlete. And Pat McAfee is a real athlete. Not that I have anything wrong with Austin Theory. I think he's a great athlete in his own right, but when you're dealing with a real football athlete, someone who has been in the field and someone who has taken a lot of hits in his entire career... Don't expect this dude to not do anything crazy in the ring, especially when it's Pat McAfee. So this is exactly what I expect. I mean, he came down with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, which is such a it's it's not an insult to me. It's not an insult to anybody. He comes down uh, with that song from White White Stripes. I think that's what it's called. Dun, 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 dun. And it's insane hearing that. And the crowd just going along with, oh, and it's just like, what the hell? It's like, it's like the crowd singing along to Fear the Dark from Iron Maiden, you know? It's kind of like in that, in that mode. But anyways, the match was incredible. The, the match was everything I expected and a whole lot more. You know, and I knew right away what was about to go down. And I, and, you know, and you also have to keep in mind, Mr. McMahon was out at ringside. So the sources that I have been given and all the things that I have been hearing about in the past few months was that Mr. McMahon was going to be involved in the match. Would he? Now, we'll get we'll get right to it in a minute. So this match with Pat McAfee and Austin Theory was tremendous. I mean, just seeing Pat McAfee in there, and he, he knew exactly what he was doing when he was in the ring with Austin Theory. Austin is a 24-year-old punk who needs to be taught a lesson, and you knew right away that Austin Theory was not going to win at WrestleMania, and it wasn't going to happen in that particular way. So, Pat McAfee hit a tremendous suplex, several clotheslines, several hits involved. It was a tremendous match, and I think Pat McAfee did extremely well for himself. One mistake... And that was it. One mistake, and that was it. Pat McAfee took advantage of a situation. 
wins the match. Austin Theory regrets it. And Mr. McMahon is extremely pissed about how everything went down. But as the old expression goes, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. this, okay? Before Mr. McMahon gets in, oh my God. Oh, nobody's stopping him now. Oh my He's all caught up in this. Oh, Jesus. Pat. Oh my God. This might be your last night in WWE. It might be all of our last nights. This is ridiculous. Mr. McMahon has entered the ring with eyes hey, wait, 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 wait. What the hell's the referee doing in there? Why is there a referee in the ring? I don't know why. Why is there an official in the ring? Why the hell is there an official in the ring? between Mr. McMahon and Austin Theory. Oh. Damn sore losers. Oh, hold on a second. Austin Theory is now out of the ring. Mr. McMahon's still in the ring. And there's a referee in there. Can somebody explain to me what the hell's going on? Well, we just and the bell ring. rang. And McMahon with a close So we go from having Pat McAfee defeat Austin Theory. And we're thinking this is all over. But uh, as, as I initially talked about, I looked into the reports and there were talks about Mr. McMahon coming into the ring. And we weren't sure exactly how this was going to work out. And the setup that I looked at was Pat McAfee's going to, you know, win his match, obviously. And he's going to go one-on-one against Mr. McMahon. It's going to happen. Something has to give, right? So I mentioned that this would be, there would be a second individual that will win their first WrestleMania. Sasha Banks on night one, or night two, I'm sorry, had won her first WrestleMania. Mr. McMahon, who had lost to Hulk Hogan, 
who had lost to Shane McMahon, who had lost to Shawn Michaels, who had lost to Bret Hart. I remember those matches quite well because those were the matches that happened, that took place, and he lost on all of them, which was the right call in many ways. But what happens when that one day comes along where he finally wins a WrestleMania? Well, sure enough, he would get that win over Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, you have got to be kidding me. And I saw how the match went down. It was <laughs> for 70. And it, and it's so funny how the crowd is out there just screaming out the words, you still got it. Got what? Seriously, got what? I mean, he's still he's still Mr. McMahon no matter what and everything. I mean, he's still a, a great performer, but, I mean, come on. He's kind of past, past his prime and everything, so it's kind of crazy, you know, just seeing him in the ring doing the stuff that he's doing. But he won. You know, he, he took a Dallas, and it's so funny. He took a Dallas Cowboy football and kicked it right in the stomach of an Indianapolis Colt who's a, punt, uh, who's a punter in Pat McAfee, so that's kind of little bit of injustice right there and just beats him right in the ring right and we're thinking this can't be right this can't be right at all mcmahon wins the match it's done it's over and i'm sitting here like oh come on man you cannot sit here and tell me this is gonna end like this it, it, it's stupid it's ridiculous you cannot end this match yes Yes, Pat McAfee had to win his match against Austin Theory. That was a gimme, right? And I was thinking maybe, maybe McMahon would lose. But then again, it's like, nah, something tells me, something tells me that uh, he would win. And sure enough, he won. He won at WrestleMania. And then Austin Theory came out and, you know, going over to corner to corner to corner and everything. And I'm like, is that how it's going to end at WrestleMania? I mean, is this really how it's going to end at WrestleMania? Mike, uh, I told you throughout this entire match, I'm going to tell you again, be careful what you say. You know Mr. McMahon's going to watch this match. You know he's going to hear what you have to say. Uh-oh. Come on, Mr. McMahon. Uh -oh. Flex 
Brussels now. So a surprise appearance, and this was something I wasn't expecting. Um, and 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 it and it occurred to me that wait a minute, you know we had Austin on night one, and it would be awesome if we would have Austin in night two. You know, double your pleasure, double your fun. I mean, we had two nights of the Undertaker. Well, technically we had three nights of the Undertaker, but we had two nights of Stone Cold Steve Austin. But for the second night, I mean, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, obviously went ahead and did something stupid. And then Stone Cold came in and intervened, stunned the hell out of Austin Theory, and then gave one of the <laughs> gave one of the worst stunners in the history of the WWE. I mean, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was given a stunner by Austin, but my God, it's like you know how like when I see someone like Austin Austin Theory sold the stunner pretty good, uh, The Rock he would sell the stunner pretty good, but Mister McMahon he's always given, he always applies the worst stunners in the history of WWE. You know no matter what, so he stuns Austin or he he stuns Austin Theory, he stuns Mister McMahon. He gets the beards out, and then here comes Pat McAfee, you know, who's celebrating the right way. And I thought it was appropriate. I thought it was cool, you know, seeing, seeing. Uh, I know Pat McAfee definitely loves this treatment right here. All of us have always wanted to have a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this was an epic night, too. And I like how this went down, especially when, you know, having Austin at night one was good. But then having Austin at night two was, you know, even better. And you, you have to expect it. You have to expect two nights of Stone Cold, and it was pretty cool. So they went ahead and, you know, drank the beers and everything. And, man, I'd love to drink one of those beers, I swear to God. Uh, they went ahead and, you know, drank some beers and everything, you know, and this seemed pretty good. And then after everything went down, you know, Austin, Austin went ahead and stunned stunned McAfee, which he did, and I I I think all of us had saw that coming already, but man, it but at least at least Pat McAfee sold the stunner, he sold it pretty good, <laughs> and all the fucking beer just came out of his fucking mouth, dude. It was fucking awesome. Uh, and then it was this one part right at the end where Stone Cold, you know, right after he got done with um. Right after he got done with that and everything, he just um, went ahead and I saw Austin, uh, not Austin Theory, uh, Pat McAfee out there. He had one of the beers while he was down and he was drinking the beer all the way down, which was completely, completely nuts. I couldn't believe it, but it was good. It was good that we had Stone Cold Steve Austin appear at the end of this matchup. And we, we knew how this setup was going to be. It was going to be Pat McAfee against Austin Theory. Austin Theory would lose against Pat McAfee. That's what took place. And then all of a sudden we would have a match with Mr. McMahon, which we already knew what was about to take place and we saw it coming. We weren't sure if Mr. McMahon was going to win or not. He wins. It seemed terrible. And then all of a sudden here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin to pretty much make everything better. It was epic. And, and, and this was truly one of the most epic nights 
in WrestleMania history, especially when you have Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon in the same ring at the same time and getting getting Stone Cold to stun Mr. McMahon at WrestleMania once again, which, hey, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's a bargain at twice the price that they all say, but it was good. Pat McAfee did extremely well. Austin Deary did pretty well. Mr. McMahon... Maybe, and Austin is just Austin, and that's the bottom line.
Okay, guys, this is the moment you've all been waiting for in sort of ways. Now, we've covered every single thing that has taken place at WrestleMania. Everything from all the matches that took place at night one to all the matches that took place at WrestleMania night two. And we're down to the final match. The final match between Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Championship, Universal Championship, winner takes all. Now, the main event just gave you a little bit of a sample of what you're about to hear. You just heard the Metallica song just a few moments ago, and now you're about to hear just a little bit more of it with a little bit of an addition of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Now, if you've had an opportunity to check out WrestleMania weekend, the bonus edition with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, you know about the entire story. You know everything that took place at WrestleMania 31 to SummerSlam to WrestleMania 34 and so much more. And now we are here for the true climax of this deal. These, these individuals have faced off against each other over seven different occasions, whether the WWE Championship was on the line or the Universal Championship was on the line. Both men had went through similar paths, and now we come to the final match. Right here at WrestleMania 38, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Winner take all who walks away with both championships. Let's take a look at how all this began and how all this will conclude at WrestleMania. We have come to a point in history. There is no way to embellish or exaggerate the enormity of the main event of WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, acknowledge me. <laughs> Call from the wreckage one more time. Horrific memories with the mind. Dark blooded, cold, and hard to turn. Path of destruction.
son. You can run, you can hide, but at WrestleMania, I'm gonna stand above you with two titles. I'm coming for blood! I'm gonna hold the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, and I'm gonna raise them over my head. And Brock's gonna have no choice but to acknowledge me. So we enter this match for the seventh time, and um, you know, as we previously talked about on the bonus episode, I talked about all the matches. I talked about everything from the first encounter between the two at WrestleMania 31, where nobody really won. Uh, I even talked about the match that they had at the um, at SummerSlam for the Fatal Four Way where Roman Reigns had lost to Brock Lesnar. And then they went off against each other once again at WrestleMania 34, where Brock Lesnar would win. Greatest Royal Rumble ever, Brock Lesnar would win that one. Then um, then we would get to SummerSlam. Then we would get to that encounter. Um, I think Brock had lost to Roman Reigns at that particular point in time. And then they all separated and they all did what they had to do and then they went off against each other once again. But this time it would take place at Crown Jewel <clears throat> where Roman Reigns would have that advantage. And then they were supposed to have their match at day one. Didn't happen. And then things went to a collision course at the Royal Rumble, where Brock Lesnar would lose the championship to Bobby Lashley, and then, of course, he would regain it back at the Universal at the uh, Elimination Chamber over in Saudi Arabia. So now it comes down to this match. So we're in Dallas, Texas. We're in AT&T Stadium. It's a. This is how different is this match from the previous last six matches that they've had against each other. Well, for the first time, and I can actually say this with all confidence, for the first time, the fans didn't give a shit anymore. I mean, it was one of those points where the fans booed this match years ago. Nobody cared. First time, it was booing Roman Reigns because he was the chosen one from the very start. Then we go even further where the fans just booed them both and didn't give a damn if they saw this match. Now we're at a point where things had now made sense. Now things had become exactly what it needed to be. And now we can finally see how this is going to conclude. So now you have Brock Lesnar, who is still the beast incarnate. Cowboy Brock, if you will. Fans still cheer him, even if he was a bad guy. He's still that good. And Roman Reigns had went to this completely different transformation of himself where he was the big dog 
throughout the all the all these years, and then he would become the head of the table, the tribal chief. He would become this different entity, and along and alongside the the mastermind. And you got to give Paul Heyman credit. Paul Heyman was the true mastermind behind making the success of Brock versus Roman into something extremely special. Certain matches didn't come the way it was supposed to. And then there were this there was this match and this one just became extremely special. So Brock would be you know Brock and Roman, you know, both did their introductions and Paul Heyman did his introduction first and then Brock would do his introduction in his own way and it was tremendous. The match is exactly what it needed to be, you know, just how we remember it. You know, Suplex City here, Spear here, Superman Punch here, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, it looked almost the same from what we previously saw, but there was a difference. Fans were getting behind this. Fans were starting to care about this. Fans were starting to love this. This wasn't how it was years ago, where the fans were not screaming, this is awful, or nobody cares, and fuck this match, and all this in that particular nature. This was exactly what it needs to be, and we loved it, you know? This match was around about a good 10 minutes, which I expected, and... There was a point in the match where Roman Reigns had um, was about to hit a spear, and then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar would hit the Kimura lock. And Brock has been known to have that Kimura lock on for years, and he has broken the arms of Shawn Michaels and broken the arm of Triple H years and years ago. It's a real good form of submission, but it's also a very painful hold, a very painful hold where your arm will emphatically snap if 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 you're not careful so in fact that's exactly what took place right so there was a part to the match where roman was lucky to get to the ropes right and it was like almost as if though i mean i i think i heard this from roman where he kept saying his it's out it's out it's out and i was like wondering what he meant by that and apparently his shoulder was out right at the end of the match which does explain you know why it ended the way it did i mean it it was probably maybe a 5 maybe a 6 minute match you know just going into it and stuff and and the match had to end this way and it ended in the way it needed to be done so Brock had hit many F5s. Roman Reigns had hit many spears. And just when I thought, you know, I'm thinking, oh, well, this has got to be over now. And now all of a sudden, my, my first thought is, well, Brock Lesnar's got to take the title now. And I think Brock kind of sees and kind of heard this too, where he knows what he has to do. And this is such a different moment because before Brock wouldn't give a shit and he would just take the title and move on. That's the way it would be. But I think he understands business sense that if you let this man win, fans will hate it, but also fans will understand why, because this is truly one of the longest reigning championships in the history of WWE. There hasn't been a title reign this long since Brock Lesnar. And, and of course, I know some people are going to bring up Walter and everything else like that, but that's a whole different entirely different thing so he went for one more spear he wins the match 
Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar. So this would this would definitely now put Roman ahead of Brock. So let's look at the scoreboard as I remembered it. So the first match was zero. Nobody had anything. Brock won over Roman Reigns. Brock won again over Roman Reigns. And then after that, Brock Brock would lose to Roman for the first time. And then Brock would lose again the second time. So now it's technically about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. It's five matches. One was base. There was one that was basically a tie. So that's six matches. And now we're down to the seventh match. So who would win it? Roman would win it. So now it's at pretty much three to two with one tie. So Roman beats Brock Lesnar in 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 this in this seven match series. And that's what it was. A seven match series. That's how many matches that these two have had. That's how long <laughs> these matches have been going. And it's good that the right man won at WrestleMania. It needed to be done. It needed to, it needed to be done in this particular way. There was no other way to put it. I knew Brock was not going to be around for a while, and I think others have saw how this was going to be. So Roman wins over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, defeats him for the first time at WrestleMania. So now Brock Lesnar can pretty much move on, but I don't think we've seen the last of the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. And as for Roman Reigns, well, we know how the story ends. We know the Tribal Chief now holds on to not only the Universal Championship, but holds on to the WWE Championship. The future is now in his possession. He's now in the level of a Hulk Hogan. He's now in the level of a John Cena. He's now in the level of all of these mega superstars that have made huge names for themselves in WWE. And now Roman Reigns can place himself in that list. So now he is truly the head of the table. He is truly the tribal chief. So now the biggest question that remains, which with now Roman Reigns holding on to both championships, who's his next opponent? How long will he hold on to the championships? And also, will the championships, since they're going to be unified, will there be a new championship somewhere down the road? A lot of questions are going to be, you know, maybe answered somewhere in the next few weeks, but we're going to see how all this turns out. But once again, congratulations to Roman Reigns for defeating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So now this puts him one one match ahead of Brock Lesnar. And this was truly one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. And it's not up there with it's not up there with Austin versus Rock or Hogan versus Andre, but it's definitely up there in the conversation. Well, guys, the WrestleMania Night Two edition is completely over. We've reviewed everything, all the matches. We reviewed everything we needed to do as far as WrestleMania weekend goes, and holy shit. Was that exhausting? It was pretty exhausting for me having to, you know, not only watch WrestleMania, but having to, you know, put all this together in every way possible. So it's just like, damn, you know, 
how much farther are we going to go until this comes to an end? And now we're coming to this complete end. So still to come, we have an announcement to make in regards to what's going to happen on the Main Event Talk podcast. But before we go ahead and talk about that, uh, let's keep up with some of the latest wrestling news going on and everything. I know you guys have been wondering about that, and sure enough, we're about to get into it. So we're going to get into the news, and then later on, I will talk about the major announcement, because it's not exactly major, it's just one of those those announcements that I have to make, so that way you guys know what goes on. So let's get into some wrestling news right now. That first story looks at Tony Khan has lost the plot with a huge conspiracy. Atop of the news today is a bold claim by AEW President Tony Khan that there is a conspiracy afoot to disparage All Elite Wrestling. Khan revealed that he has an independent third party conduct a study tweeting, An independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch AEW online community aren't real individuals, it's staff running thousands of accounts and an army of bots to signal boost them. Look closely, these aren't real people. We'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing. Khan asked fans, ever wonder why so much of the activity of these counts retweets and replies? Like who actually has 80% of their activity as straight up retweets? In an exclusive story with Wrestling Inc, Eric Mutter spoke with Khan for more details about Khan's claims. I'm waiting for final study but here's what my expert confirmed. It's people with real life accounts making posts and then using their bots to manipulate the social channel algorithm by backing them up with engagement from a made up Twitter identity. He provided a layperson's explanation of his claim. For example, I tweet Mega only eats rotten bananas. I throw, say, 18 bots behind it, which takes about 5 minutes to do. Twitter security can't differentiate when done well. Neither can most social teams. The problem becomes every time people type Mega into the search bar, because of a real account supported by bots, the first suggested result would be tweets about Mega eating rotten bananas. I'm oversimplifying, but it's the 5 cent version of what's happening. Meltzer discussed Khan's claim during a recent Wrestling Observer Radio, pointing out that it's too early to scrutinize things. The study's not done. What I understand he has a premonition of this, being that it's this kind of field. Then he got somebody independent, an independent firm, and asked them to just kind of study stuff, including this. The thing is still ongoing, it's not concluded, but they did report to him, I guess probably today or yesterday, what he just reported. And naturally, WWE supporters are skeptical and some are pointed to this as why they see another example of Tony Khan being thin-skinned when it comes to his product. Was Tony Khan really rattled by WrestleMania 38? Does he think that WWE is behind this? And what do you think of his findings? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, Corey Graves talks future mix match alongside Carmella. A newly married couple Corey Graves and Carmella could be the latest husband and wife team to step in the squared circle. During a chat with Wrestling Inc, Corey discussed potential rivalries immediately ruling out a match against Edge and Beth Phoenix. I'm so sorry but I don't want to be glam slammed on my face. Big fan of both of them, love to watch them from afar. Miz and Maurice might be a little bit more attainable, I would never say never. A Corey teased a possible match with SmackDown color commentator Pat McAfee at Survivor Series but also noted another couple that the fans might like to see. I'll tell you where I think the money is and I don't know how feasible this would be, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. I think that's the couple everybody wants to see and instead they're getting Carmella and I, so we're just going to ride it till the wheels fall off. Would you guys like to see any of these matches happen? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, Triple H leaks on Superstar's basic salary. Now, ever wonder what WWE superstars actually make? Well, as you might imagine, salaries can depend on a number of factors including a wrestler's seniority, popularity and merchandise sales. During a recent interview with The Athletic, 
Triple H talked about the WWE's new focus on recruiting college athletes as well as how much superstars earn on the main roster. Wrestlers on the main roster for Raw or SmackDown earn at least $250,000 annually. According to a recent report from Sportskeeda, Triple H pulls in roughly $2.9 million per year for his work behind the scenes. As for WWE superstars, The Observer recently reported Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have base salaries of $5 million per year. Keep in mind they can make more. Other base salaries include $4.5 million per year for Randy Orton, $3.5 million for AJ Styles, $3 million for Seth Rollins and $3 million for Becky Lynch. Next up, WWE cancels Carter. Now, the WWE has officially cancelled Nash Carter as he's been removed from WWE's NXT roster, including its alumni section where the Tag Team Championship won alongside Wes Lee at last week's NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver event has been vacated. Now, in case you missed our previous video, Carter appears to have been released due to a picture release by Carter's estranged wife showing him impersonating Hitler. As for the NXT tag titles, the WWE's website announced that the titles have been vacated and new champions will be determined on this week's NXT 2.0. Now first story looks at Alexa Bliss gets married. Now top story today relates to some wonderful news for a former WWE Women's Champion. One of the WWE's most popular female stars Alexa Bliss tied the knot this weekend. Bliss tied the knot with her longtime significant other musician Ryan Cabrera. The two got engaged in November of 2020 and finally made it official with a wedding in Palm Desert, California yesterday. A bliss is the second WWE star to tie the knot this week as Carmella and Corey Graves tied the knot earlier in the week. Now it's unknown how many WWE stars were present at Bliss's wedding, but photos have shown Ember Moon, Braun Strowman and Raquel Rodriguez all being there and it's entirely possible other stars were there too, they just didn't pose for public photos. A bliss has come to a career crossroads in WWE as she's been openly critical in relation to her booking. Bliss made a return at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view and was one of the most popular stars in the entire match. But despite this, Bliss was left off the WrestleMania card entirely, which made little sense. She continues to be a top merchandise mover for WWE, but even this isn't convincing the WWE creative team to put her on television. But nevertheless, we send our well wishes to the happy couple. Next up some sad news as Scott Hall has been laid to rest. A legendary performer Scott Hall passed away on March 14th at the age of 63. Hall was a beloved pro wrestler and he meant a lot to his peers as well as fans across the world. Now, this past Friday Hall was laid to rest and there was a number of wrestling personalities in attendance to say their final goodbyes. The names in attendance included Triple H, Shawn Michaels, DDP, Kevin Nash and Shawn Waltman. Also in attendance was Hall's son Cody who shared a touching tribute following the service on his personal Instagram page and the tribute read, We buried my father yesterday and I guess it was the last step in the process but it still feels like I'm going to go through a ton. Being my dad's son wasn't always easy, in fact it used to feel really hard sometimes, he was hard sometimes, but it feels different now, not my burden to bear but my torch to carry on going forward. A legacy from a legend. It feels like he's with me now. The whole world feels different now. It feels so different. Death is part of the circle of life and my father lives through me. Now, Cody would finish the fitting tribute by thanking his father for everything he's ever done for him. Now, we at WrestleMania continue to offer our condolences to the family and friends and fans of Scott Hall. Next up, a top WWE star was told to lose weight. A former NXT UK champion Gunther made his main roster debut this past Friday on SmackDown, but it looks like for now at least Gunther will only be joined by one member of his Imperium stable, that being Ludwig Kaiser who was formerly known as Marcel Bartel. 
According to a new report by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Gunther was informed that if he was going to be called up to the main roster, he was going to have to slim down and lose weight. Meltzer claims that Vince McMahon only wants to see slim people on television and Meltzer added, They don't have faith in Gunther as a singles guy yet. I think that, you know, he can be a top singles guy, although I think the loss of weight hurts him a lot. I know he was told he listened unlike other people who thought that being big was really good and they were told and they didn't listen and now they're somewhere else, which is Keith Lee. I'm not beating around the bush on that. It's interesting that they're going with them as a tag team and not Gunther as a single, which surprises me greatly, especially because the original plan was separate brands. And then the other one is if they were going to do the tag team, they're kind of like A-Star Eichner. I think that Bartel and Eichner are the better idea of the team. Yes, it's probably a size thing. Vince wants slim people on television. I could see that from the Vince perspective, telling the guy, hey, drop 30 pounds, right? And I thought what made him special was the idea that he was a 290, 310 pound guy, can fly around and can move, and he hits really hard and it looks like a powerhouse, and now he's just a 6 foot 3 guy. Now Gunther looks to be in the best shape of his entire career, and hopefully this leads to a substantial push for the Austrian-born WWE superstar. Next up, Curtis Axel returning to WWE. A son of the legendary Kurt Hennig, Curtis Axel may be on his way back to WWE, albeit in a completely different role. This past Friday, Axel had a tryout for a producer role in the company. He worked closely with Tyson Kidd to produce the Liv Morgan vs Sasha Banks match, and the match was well received by fans, so it's entirely possible that Axel rejoins the company in this new role. He was released from WWE in 2020, but he was well liked backstage and would be welcomed back into the company with open arms. But speaking of WWE returns, former WWE 205 live star Araya Davari may be returning to work for WWE as well. Davari worked with Chris Park aka Abyss to produce Drew McIntyre's count-out win over Sami Zayn on SmackDown. Now first story looks at WWE uncertain with Roman Reigns, and are they giving him the gold belt? Atop in today's news is a rumour that the WWE is uncertain what's next for both Roman Reigns and the Undisputed Championship. Now that Reigns is both WWE Champion and Universal Champion, fans want to know if the WWE plans to commission a new belt and how title defences will be made. Well, let's start off with the Championship belt as there is an image making the rounds online that purports to be the new design for the belt. The title belt is all gold and looks similar to the design to the WWE and Universal Championship. While the conventional wisdom is that the belt is just trolling the fans, and the belt is also very uninspiring, we do love that gold finish. I mean, come on, anything all gold would look fantastic. Just like Big Goldie. Now you may recall an image was posted online prior to WrestleMania showing a unified title that resembled both belts, but that had blue and red elements. As for what's next for Roman Reigns, well, Andrew Zarian discussed the situation on the Mat Men podcast, noting, as far as I know, and this is something I was told, it hasn't been decided yet on how they're doing this. Like the concept of how they're going to do this unified title thing. I don't think they've decided if he's going to be on Raw every week or every other week. It hasn't been set yet. They're working all this out right now on how they're going to play this out. Now, if Zarian's report is accurate, it confirms our earlier speculation that the WWE had little or no idea how to book the winner of the Undisputed Championship match, and that it was more of a case of the WWE hot-shotting things to make for a mega main event at WrestleMania. With any luck, the WWE can figure things out before it becomes obvious that they have no idea what to do. If they're still trying to ascertain Roman Reigns' championship future, what about the WWE's tag team titles? Well, based on Reigns' comments on the 8th April SmackDown, it looks as if the WWE may be going for a title unification between Raw and SmackDown's titles. 
Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Usos unify the tag titles, at least based on the WWE's booking of the Bloodline as the WWE's resident badasses. What do you guys think of the title and what do you think they should do with the Undisputed Championship and what about the tag titles? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, Braun Strowman goes off on AEW. Adam Scher, aka former superstar Braun Strowman, isn't holding back on his criticism of AEW. He recently addressed AEW president Tony Khan's claim that there is a conspiracy against AEW that involves a number of bots to spread negative comments about AEW online. He used this opportunity to address a number of issues that he has with AEW. First, he accused AEW of paying off the dirt sheets. He made the comment, why is there no face to palm emoji? This is the same guy that pays the dirt sheets and says his wrestlers are free to do whatever but blackball them from Control Your Native shows. Why? Because we're a threat. While promotions are known for providing exclusives to news outlets, checkbook journalism is generally frowned upon and would be a black eye for any dirt sheet that was caught engaging in such a scheme. Black eye for any dirt sheet that was caught engaging in such a scheme. But he seems to think that AEW's claim to being open to working with other promotions doesn't extend to the Control Your Narrative organization. When one fan suggested the group is a haven for blacklisted wrestlers, Strowman dismissed the comment saying, Blacklisted? That's why so many people want to work with us and both our shows have a ton of AEW talent backstage watching. We are the new option. You've been warned. Now he wasn't done there as he took another shot at Khan's claim that AEW was being targeted by bots. An independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-CYN online community aren't real individuals, it's a staff running thousands of accounts of an army of bots to signal boost them. Look closely, these aren't real people. Who'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing? Hashtag what a mark. Now it's quite interesting that he hasn't had anything negative to say about WWE despite the promotion releasing him. But he also mentioned that watching AEW is punishment. Now, judging from his comments, fans won't definitely see him in AEW in the near future. But here's what he had to say after a fan said he would punish his child by making him watch all three hours of Raw. Heh, <laughs> Dynamite would be far worse punishment. What do you think of his tirade? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, the NXT locker room is furious over Nash Carter's release. Now, the controversy continues following the WWE's release of NXT superstar Nash Carter, who was released after his estranged wife released a photo of Nash doing a Hitler impersonation. As noted in a recent news video, Nash's wife also accused him of physical abuse, but there's also some question about the timing of her allegations, including the release of the photo as she made them after Carter served her with divorce papers. While the allegations remain unconfirmed, there's no doubt that Carter, who impersonated Hitler in the photo, seems to be WWE's motive in releasing him. But according to Meltzer, a number of NXT performers are upset with the WWE's decision. Meltzer mentioned on the Wrestling Observer Radio, in NXT from what I've heard, the decision to fire him was not well taken, because I think people liked him and everything like that. The Hitler photo was when he was 19 years old, and it was a photo that got him sacked from the company. I know that the WWE was aware of the whole thing before it ever went public. I had heard right before Stand and Deliver some stuff was coming out, and I know people who said that WWE was aware long before this. So should he have been fired for an old photo? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, The Undertaker wants this former superstar to return. Well, the WWE released many wrestlers in 2020 and 2021, but there's one The Undertaker wants to see return. Taker spoke about this superstar during an appearance on WrestleMania Access, saying, Bray Wyatt, I hope things get worked out with him somewhere because he is a phenomenal talent, and I think he has a lot to offer in this industry. Hopefully at some point, he comes back. A Taker is familiar with Wyatt's work during their various programs in the WWE, including their match at WrestleMania 31. 
Perhaps they should have thought things through before releasing Wyatt, a wildly popular talent whose fiend gimmick started off strongly but flamed out, literally and figuratively, due to bizarre booking. Next up, Taker gets a podcast. Could fans be seeing an Undertaker podcast? Well, according to a reliable news source, WrestleVotes, the WWE Universe can look forward to a new tell-all series from the Phenom. In a show similar to that of Broken Skull Sessions, Peacock and WWE have convinced The Undertaker to enter the podcasting world. Sources states his new show should begin airing within the next few months, a fascinating concept that was unfathomable just a few years back. And while the case can be made that the world is saturated with wrestling podcasts, Seriously, how many official WWE podcasts do we need? It's difficult to imagine a more iconic performer than The Undertaker sharing road stories and insights while interviewing guests from the past and present. Hopefully the WWE will give The Undertaker some leeway when it comes to sharing road stories and opinions about the WWE product, but it seems kind of unlikely. Next up, where's Shotzi Blackheart? Now, the talented NXT call-up was last seen on television on the 25th February and is nowhere to be found at WrestleMania. But Ringside News' Steve Carrier tweeted on the situation saying, We've been getting emails every week about Shotzi Blackheart. Okay, this is all we know. She wasn't booked in Mania build because she wasn't in the mix. Shotzi is in good standing and everyone likes her. There's no heat on Shotzi either. Hopefully that helps. Now she's the latest WWE superstar whose absence has fueled speculation about why she hasn't been on television, including one story that Blackheart's social media post landed her in the WWE doghouse. However, that doesn't seem to be the case as Carrier added, I can't believe I have to say this, but no, there is no heat on Shotzi Blackheart over faking a lesbian relationship. We've heard that report and have now asked about it. We were told it was stupid. Shotzi has no heat on her in WWE. Everyone loves her. Now a heel turn and mini feud with Sasha Banks showed promise, but with the boss holding the women's tag team championship, it's unknown whether Shotzi will find a tag team partner to continue her feud or move on to a different program. Now first news looks at WWE returning to the UK for a major pay-per-view. Top in the news today is an announcement from WWE that it's returning to the UK for its first pay-per-view since Insurrection 2003. Or really its first major pay-per-view since 1992 SummerSlam as Insurrection was a UK exclusive. The event will take place on Saturday 3rd September at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. Now you might recall previous reports that the WWE wanted to run a major show in the UK around the same time as AEW's All Out pay-per-view, currently booked for Sunday September 4th. As noted by WWE, more information will be forthcoming including the event name and when the tickets will be available. Next up, Roman Reigns injured. Now while rumour is making the rounds is that Roman Reigns may be injured and that the WWE is uncertain what is next for the newly crowned undisputed champion. Not only that, but Brock Lesnar may be injured as well. Ringside News' Steve Carrier recently tweeted, Here's an interesting Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns update of sorts. There are rumours going around that they are injured. Vince isn't talking. A tenured member of the creative team told us that we've asked since we're planning backlash and Vince didn't answer either way. Ringside News also reports that it asked around about the situation and we were told that no one knows the truth regarding the situation outside of Roman Reigns, Heyman and Usos. Brock Lesnar obviously keeps his situation to himself as well. Outside of those primary people, Vince McMahon and maybe Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis know what's really going on. Now this is particularly interesting because there has been a story making the rounds that the Roman vs Brock WrestleMania match was cut short because one or both wrestlers were injured during the bout. Next up, Brandy Rhodes headed to WWE. 
Cody Rhodes' jump to the WWE inevitably led to speculation whether his wife Brandy would return there as well. Now some fans think Brandy is teasing a potential comeback thanks to his social media post she made showing her and Cody backstage during WrestleMania weekend. And while this could have just been a case of Brandy supporting her husband, Fightful Select reports that Brandy had made productive conversations with important names during a WrestleMania visit. Would you guys like to see Brandy back in WWE? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, the theory behind Austin's name change. Now if you're wondering why Raw superstar Austin Theory is now going by the name Theory, well according to Meltzer, Vince McMahon decided that Theory needed to modify his name. Meltzer discussed this during a recent Wrestling Observer Radio saying, Vince didn't like the idea of Steve Austin against Austin Theory. What a weird name. Now if his report is accurate, this is the WWE's latest name change designed to avoid fans as confusing newcomers with established superstars. Now, this isn't the first time the WWE has had to change a name to avoid confusing a new wrestler with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You may recall that the WWE changed WCW star Steven Regal's name to William Regal when he joined the WWE. And finally, Mysterio's medical mystery. And last but not least, where was Rey Mysterio on Raw? Well, Rey was scheduled to face Veer this weekend but didn't appear with son Dominic taking Papa Rey's place and getting demolished for his troubles. According to a report on the Wrestling Observer Radio, Rey was absent due to an undisclosed medical issue. Hopefully we'll have more news on that later. This show, I'm like, this show has been, my, night, night two alone has been at least eight hours long by this point. I'm just exhausted. And it's time for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I wasn't exhausted no more. I did, no joke. As Roman is in the ring, his music's playing, his awesome new uh, operatic music is playing, he's staring at the camera on me, there's a close-up on his face. I got the uh, uh, notice from my cable box, are you still there? <laughs> because the show's so damn long! So, Paul Heyman does Roman Reigns' entrance. And it's every, and I love Paul, I'm, I have, I, there's no bigger fan of Paul Heyman as an on-screen character than myself, and he was on fire tonight. But he does Roman Reigns' whole entrance, the, the, the undisputed, reigning, defending, whichever championship he has. And he finishes, and they give the mic back to the regular ring announcer, but then Brock takes it away. And they put Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar for the first time 20 years ago, specifically because Brock wasn't very good at talking, and Paul Heyman was. Well, Brock's been paying attention. <laughs> Brock's been learning and working at this. And he did his own ring intro. It's a Paul Heyman imitation, and it's gold! Actually, you know what's ironic about that, since you don't watch Raw and SmackDown? Brock did this on Raw Monday. And when it was over, he goes, That sucked. I'm never going to do that again. And then here we are, six days later, he repeated it. Well, this didn't suck. Yeah, well, he had the fans helping along this time. And he declared himself the... Cowboy country ass kicker who's going to kick your ass. <laughs> Barack Lesnar. And they cut to Roman and Heyman. And Heyman is so butthurt at this imitation of himself. <laughs> we were friends for two decades, and now this man's making fun of me. You couldn't believe it. So the match begins, and this very much felt like... It felt like, as advertised, it was the biggest match in WrestleMania history, whatever they called the stupendous title of this damn thing. It's, it felt like a heavyweight championship match and a special one at that. So, I'm pretty sure, no one corrected me on this, I think this is only the third time ever two guys have had three matches at WrestleMania. It has to be. Hunter and Taker did it, Austin and Rock did it, and Brock and Roman now have done it. And the first one was 2015 at WrestleMania in San Francisco, where Suplex City was born, and people on Twitter were Argue with me. No, it was born when he, the Cena match, when he hit a bunch of suplexes. No. In the WrestleMania match against Roman Reigns in San Francisco, Brock Lesnar declared, Suplex City, bitch! 
Yeah. That's where Suplex City was born. Here we are, seven years later, we finally reached the end of our tale. And the match was just a slugfest. They just hated each other with everything they had. If it didn't work, they tried it again. Spears and F5s and Superman punches and suplexes and spears of the barricade. And uh, the, the, the ref gets uh, ref gets taken out. Roman hits a low blow and a belt shot, but Brock kicks out of that. And so Roman tries a spear again, and Brock catches him in a Kimura. And Brock's eyes in this Kimura. This 300-pound man was about 150 pounds per eyeball. They were bugging out of his head so far. Roman gets the ropes. So Brock has to break the hold. But Roman is still down, clutching his shoulder, pleading with Heyman. Paul, it's out. My shoulder's out. My shoulder's out. Heyman's pleading back, literally pleading back with him. My tribal chief, I beg of you, keep going. And he gets back up, and Brock goes to the F5, but Roman slips behind and hits one last spear. And after all this time, all these years, he got his big win over Brock Lesnar. Clean as a sheet, escaped the other guy's move, hit his own move, and pinned him. This was a main event of the biggest show of the year. Yeah, it was exactly what I expected. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it's exactly how they do all of these Roman Brock matches. Just start out with a bunch of suplexes. And it's just one big move, big move, big move, big move. This is not like the AJ Edge match where there's like an extended heat segment. It was just big move, reversal, it was not big like move, reversal. Anyway. Kick out of a finish, kick out of a finish. Kimura the guy, he manages to get the ropes. Go for the finish, reverse the finish, hit the finish, pin. Uh, some people really didn't like the match, but I thought it was a... That was a very good WrestleMania main event style match. If you've seen the match a thousand times, you don't want to see it again. Like I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good WrestleMania main event. It did feel epic. It was not the biggest WrestleMania match of all time by any stretch of the imagination, but you know they they delivered what you would want, and uh, there you go. I, I like this match. I really don't know what people were expecting. You weren't you weren't going to get a million different moves. You weren't going to get high spots. This was just two big dudes clubbering each other, and it was exactly what it should have been. What do you think, Mark? During this match, this was like probably the 50th time this weekend that we saw a guy get punched in the dick. And I said to Brian, why don't they just wear cups? And then, you know, you get punched in the dick and it'll still hurt, but, like, you won't hurt as much. And Brian said, if you get punched in the dick with a cup on, it'll cut your dick off. That's what he told me. Hey, I just watched Jackass. Cups are not foolproof. <laughs> exactly, Vinny, right? But I don't think you're going to get your dick cut off, Brian. See, this was what I learned when I was in school. Was, Somebody uh, told you that a cup is going to cut yeah, the dick the, off. Yeah, the cup goes goes over everything. Yeah, and so if you if you if you kick the cup up at just the right angle, it's going to cut your dick off, hey, bro. That's spoken what that's like what I was told. <laughs> spoken like a man who never actually played sports. No, spoken <laughs> like a man who never wore a cup. Are you? I never about... wore a cup in my life. I didn't wear a cup wrestling. I didn't wear a cup doing jujitsu. I never wore a cup. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and I, I never. No one ever got me in the balls. Because I avoided it. Oh. Yes. Because you're stealthy. Exactly. Anyway, exactly. the match is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was fucking Brock Lesnar. It was the all same right. old match that I've seen fucking all these times before. And they're like, oh, it's the biggest match of the fucking century or whatever the fuck they were selling it as. And I'm like, bro, like, we have seen 
this match. It is going to be suplexes. Here's the German. There's the German. Here's the German. Then we're going to get some spears. And he's going to have his little glove. His glove matched his shoes and matched his underpants, if you didn't know. Yes, it's WrestleMania. Match that shit. He matched his underpants to his glove and shoes. Probably matched his cup. So, yeah, you know, but yeah, I've seen that match. It'll be interesting to see what they do with... Uh, yeah, we've seen that match many times in WrestleMania, but we've also had, you know, backlashes, I'm sure. I've Summer's seen Saudi that match. Saudi Sir. shows. Sir. Saudi. Sir. Yeah. I've seen that match. Sir. Yes. Sir. Now, that is, what, what, one question coming out of this weekend is, who is Roman's next challenger? I don't McIntyre. have any idea. Austin Theory. Drew McIntyre. McIntyre. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Vince. God. Edge. <laughs> no, they're both heel. The Edge Lords. Yeah, the Edge, edge Lords. Lord gets the bloodline. Uh, well, yeah, I mean he edge. can. I mean theoretically he should be able to work team. both shows now, right? Because he's a dual champion. Team. Sure. He can't just be on SmackDown. But is he going to have both belts for like until next WrestleMania? Bro, Everybody's listen, got two belts. They Bro. have been planning this match for months now. Okay. So they have? so Paul, yeah, Paul uh, introduces. But they've already had this match. Why would they need to plan it? Paul introduces Roman as the undisputed. Uh huh. WWE Universal Champion. That's how he introduced him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he wins, and uh, one of the announcers goes, "He's the new undisputed Universal Champion." Yeah. And I was like, "He was already the fucking Universal Champion. You're literally calling him what he was called in the ring introductions." And then uh, somebody else was like, uh, "You know, he's the uh, WWE Universal Champion." And I'm like, "That you called him that also when he was." So it's like you had all this time to figure out what you're going to call. The guy who wins both belts, and you fucking call him the same thing he's been called? I thought they'd have, like, a new belt, they'd have a new name. No, they just stumbled through calling him the same thing, and now he holds both of the belts. So Through their own Twitter here. Oh, they got an answer now? Well, you're not going to like it. At WWE, (laughs) the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns has finally defeated Brock Lesnar on the grandest stage of them all Uh to become... The undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Wow. So I guess it's both. It's WWE and Universal. Maybe that's a unification. How about just World Champ? What's bigger, so than a, what's bigger than a universe? Nothing, yeah. dude. You got a, a multiverse? Ah, yes. he is the multiverse champion. The Thank you, Vinny. Multiversal champion. Yeah, there we go. Now we got it. Wow. As soon as he fights somebody on Mars, he can be the... If this is dumb. Just calling the world champion. <laughs> yeah, this Every, is super dumb. We're, everyone, we're, everyone, go to WWE's Twitter. They have a picture of Brock putting Roman in the Kimura and Brock's eyes. Are, they're universal. I'm going to retweet this right now. It's Brock's, it's Brock's awesome. Brock is the, this is the best Brock there's ever been. Is this this recent? Cowboy. It is amazing. It, 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 this I, baby I face cowboy. Yeah, I don't want to say that it took two decades to get here because he's been great the whole time. But yes, it's the best Brock. This ever. is the greatest. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for the latest news and updates and all the information you need to know about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Now it's time for the major announcement, and it, um, you know, I had a long time to think about this and everything, and uh, now just to give everyone an idea of what's about to go down, it's nothing major, it's nothing huge, it's just the fact that I think at this time, uh, while I've been doing a bunch of stuff, you know, as far as, you know, getting WrestleMania weekend prepared, you know, putting these podcasts together in every way possible that I can, I think I'm entitled to go ahead and just take some time off away from the podcasting world. That's right. The main event is officially 
ending his podcast as of right now, but the main event will return. As a matter of fact, the main event is set a date for, I believe, May 7th will be the time when the main event returns. Now, right around that time, and just to give everyone an idea, there's going to be several big wrestling events that are going to happen. One event in particular, and I think they talked about it in the news, WrestleMania Backlash is going to be happening on May 8th, on Sunday, and it's going to feature two matches that are going to take place in that event. Now, two of those matches are rematches from WrestleMania. Now, let's talk about the first match. A rematch will be considered an I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's going to be Charlotte Flair to defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against, once again, the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Now, Ronda has never been in any sort of I Quit match. And come to think of it, I think Charlotte Flair has never been a part of an I Quit match. But this should be extremely interesting to see how far this is going to go. Who's going to win and who's going to lose? Who's going to say I quit and who's going to walk away with a SmackDown Women's Championship? We'll all have to find out on Sunday, May 8th at WrestleMania Backlash. Another matchup that is going that is added and it's going to happen. It's going to be another rematch from WrestleMania. The first time when these two fought off, it was one person having no clue about this other individual coming to WrestleMania. And the other knowing that he was coming to WrestleMania. And it would be a huge surprise for the entire WWE and for the entire universe. I'm talking about the rematch between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Their first encounter was awesome at WrestleMania. Let's see what happens at WrestleMania Backlash between these two. Now, as far as I know it right now, those are the only two matches that are going to take place. Now, one match in particular, and it's one of those unofficial matches that may happen at WrestleMania Backlash, will be another unification match. But this time, it will be for the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, we know that now Roman Reigns is officially the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. Now he holds on to those titles. Now it's up to the Usos to bring more gold into the bloodline. And all they have to do is defeat RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. We'll see what happens. Those two are going to be competing against the Usos, and that may happen either on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown, or it may happen at WrestleMania Backlash. So those are the matches that are going to be taking place at WrestleMania Backlash Sunday, May 8th, and that's when the main event will make his official return back. So guys, I hope you have enjoyed WrestleMania weekend. This is the WrestleMania aftermath of weekend three. And I am exhausted. I am exhausted by just talking about everything that I talked about. Everything from night one to night two to night, well, night one, night two, the Hall of Fame and the whole nine yards and putting in a bunch of music just to get things out of the way. So the main event at this time is going to go ahead and take some time away from everything on this Main Event Talk podcast. But don't worry, the main event's going to be back real soon. I'll be coming back in one month, guys, right on the weekend of WrestleMania Backlash. Now, but just because I'm done with my podcast doesn't mean that I'm still going to be act- not going to be active that much anymore. So if you want to follow the main event, follow the main event on Twitter at 
I'm uh, sorry. Follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. You can also look up the latest updates going on in the world of professional wrestling on facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0. That's real main event talk. That's facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0 and if you want a friend request me as i always say proceed at your own fucking risk that's just me talking and don't forget to subscribe to all the latest episodes of the main event talk podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify radio republic overcast or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast this episode is also sponsored by my good friends at richard's billiards 5815 weber not your average heroes the legend continues and no doubt the main event will be marching over there to have himself a damn beer and have himself a damn shot and also sponsored by my good friends at Emo Night. And Emo Night is going to be having another, another Emo Night, which is scheduled to take place on Saturday night, April 16th, which will be on Easter Sunday. So if you guys got nothing to do on Easter Sunday, head over to Richard's Billiards and check out Emo Night as it happens. Now, Richard's Billiards, well, Richard has... Richard's Billiards, you know, he has that establishment, and he also has a new establishment, a new jazz and blues club called the 1911 Tavern. Head over there here in Corpus Christi, Texas, if you love jazz, if you love blues, if you love a real classic and cool atmosphere, the 1911 Tavern will be the place for you, so come over, check it out, see how it goes, roll with it. Big shout out to Richard's Billiards. Big shout out to Emo Knight. And big shout out to the 1911 Tavern. Guys, one day I'll stop by that place soon. I promise you. Thank you for listening, guys. And as I stated before, this is the last episode for right now. But I will be returning on May 7th, Saturday, to give you a report on what's going on in the world of professional wrestling, including WrestleMania Backlash to happen on Sunday, May 8th, only on Peacock and even on pay-per-view, or what do they call it? Premium live event? Anyways, thank you for listening, guys, and I'll see you next time on another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Now, before I end this, usually I go ahead and end it with my motor Motorhead song, but we're going to leave that aside, and we're going to go to the conclusion, the very end of WrestleMania Night 2, when Roman Reigns won the Universal WWE Championship from Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38. Thank you for listening, guys, and I'll see you next time. See you in one month. The main event talk will return. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Guys, we will see you at next year's WrestleMania in Hollywood. Lesnar lifts him up on the shoulders. Roman Reigns from behind. And Reigns with another spear in survival mode. Cover for the win. He got it.
the sudden way that Roman Reigns just beat Brock Lesnar. I think Roman just pulled his shoulder back in. I, I think you're correct. I'm as shocked as you or, or anybody else is. Roman's arm is out. Roman, Roman unable to lift. Corey, Roman Reigns is now the WWE Universal Champion. Undisputed. The titles have been unified. Well, it all started here. The official off the spear, Chad Patton. This would open the door for the Tribal Chief to take advantage, delivering an unprotected low blow to the then WWE Champion. But that wasn't all. Roman would follow up with the Universal Championship across the face of Lesnar. Surely this was the end, but Lesnar had other plans. Brock Lesnar, right here, would lock in the Kamala line. And this is where I believe he pulled Roman Reigns' shoulder out of joint, dislocating it. Reigns somehow, though, Corey, able to survive and make it to the bottom rope. Well, Paul Heyman had a oh, little bit to do that. with Roman Reigns' survival in this instance, but the damage was done. And right as Brock Lesnar looked to secure the victory, somehow, from deep within his soul, Reigns delivered a final spear through the heart of Brock Lesnar. And tonight, WrestleMania, Dallas, Texas, Brock Lesnar has fallen. And Roman Reigns is the undisputed WWE and Universal Champion.
Tell me why.